Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It is day two of the 2024 Australian Open. Welcome to TC Live. When you arrive at Melbourne Park, you see it's located on Batman Avenue. Head inside and you find a veritable Justice League of tennis superheroes. Men and women with different skills, all fighting for the same prize. Today, the quest begins for half of the field. Here's what's coming up over the next two hours. Coco Golf's taking the court full of confidence. Already with a title this year, what are the chances she can take a second straight major? Plus, all the highlights from an exciting first day of action down under. Which big names look best? And what were the biggest upsets? And as Novak Djokovic continues his quest for history, John Wertheim digests the real reason this 10-time Aussie Open champ is fighting off father time. Look who showed up in Melbourne. Couple legends bringing out the hardware. That's right, Andre Agassi and Ash Barty making it a real party down under. That looks nice. The four-time champ and the Aussie legend. Our featured matches today, we've got top-ranked American Coco Golf first up inside Rod Labor Arena. Then with Matteo Berrettini pulling out with a right foot injury, Stefano Tsitsipas plays Jiju Bergs. How about the next three matches? Alex Dimonor, Milos Raonic, the return of Naomi Osaka against Caroline Garcia, and then Dominic Team Felix Oje Aliassime. Blockbusters all over the place. Coco looking to be the first player since Naomi Osaka to win the U.S. Open and AO back to back, coming off a title in Auckland, playing Anna Karolina Schmidlova, getting limber and ready to go. And how about Osaka as well? Won the title here in 2019 and 2021. Plays the 16 seed, Caroline Garcia, today. Osaka, one of eight mothers competing at the Australian Open this year. Looking forward to that. As we bring you into our studios here in Santa Monica, California, for the next two hours, great to be here with you, Steve Weisman, the Hall of Famer, Lindsay Davenport, from 60 Minutes. We've got John Wertheim, and of course, joining us every day on the big screen, the legend herself, <laughs> Hall of Famer, Martina Navratilova. Great to see everybody here. Day two. How late did you stay up last night? No, not so late. Not so- <laughs> I rewatched all the matches in the morning. Okay, John. Yeah. Uh, Sabalenka stayed up later than I did. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. for me. Marty, how about you? I woke up at 3 and I turned on ESPN and there's no tennis. So there you go. Um yeah, I think I need to sign up for the ESPN talk or something. I really don't want to do that. But, you know, I need to keep up with the tennis whenever I can. And uh, you never know when you're going to find it on the real life uh, screen. So anyhow, yeah. And so you just wake up in the morning and, and you look at the scores. That's it. Martina, that is what we are here for, to catch everybody up on what went down last night. Here are the main headlines from night one, day one. Djokovic, Sabalenka getting wins against teenagers. A different, different fashion, though. Five setters for Andre Rublev and Taylor Fritz. And five matches on the men's side, lasting more than four hours. Americans, though, nice day for the red, white, and blue. They go five and two overall. Uh, Martina, what was your big headline, big storyline from uh, day one down under? 
no big surprises yet to go with Novak Djokovic. He, I think he um, got a little more than he bargained for, but Dino Prismic, uh, a pace that we will see in the future. So he was tested. I think uh, the big number for him was more unforced than winners. That's unusual for him, maybe because he didn't have any matches leading up, really. Uh, so this is a good one to have under your belt because he was really forced to play well. First time he's ever gone four hours in the first round at a Grand Slam. So props to Dino. What do you think, John? Against a player half his age. I was struck by this. Do you guys remember the book, Andy Roddick Beat Me With a Frying Pan? Mm -hmm. Why do I bring this up? Of course Andy Roddick beat you with a frying pan. He's Andy Roddick. I think we forget sometimes how good the good players really are, and their factory settings are to hit a tennis ball really well. So we're watching Carolyn Wozniacki leading a seed, and sounds remarkable. It's her first Aussie Open in four years. Of course, she's really good. She got to number one. Osaka plays today. I just think sometimes we need to remember that whether it's a mom coming back from maternity leave, a player coming back from an injury, you have to Milos Raonic has not mm. forgotten to hit a serve in his absence. I, I just think sometimes we forget the top players are the top players for a reason, and we got a vivid display of this with Caroline yesterday. Yeah, nice win for her into the second round. What stood out to you, Lynn? A little bit on the same path, but uh, Amanda Anasimova, that was really my story of the day. A very good player who knows how to play good tennis. Took a little bit of a break last year. We lost her for a little over eight months as she just needed to get away from the tour for mental health reasons. To see her back on tour this year, Steve, has been a huge plus. But then to come back beat the 13th seed in the first round, and to see that smile, just absolutely awesome. To not only have her back on court, have her back winning and looking so happy, such a great thing. And also, i got to give some shout-out to another American, yep. Caroline Dollahide. Got her yep. first Australian Open win. That's always a, a huge accomplishment, so really happy for those two Americans. We'll yes. talk about them all coming up later. Yes, for but sure. But those, those really stood out to me. <laughs> Caroline's done so well in doubles down yeah. under before. And, and for Amanda, I mean, hitting the ball as clean as ever. Add a little slice to her game, too, on the back ends. I'd like to see that. Uh, th those were the stories on the court. There was some news off the court as well. There was a post on social media that the USDA put out oh, of all funny. these seeded yeah. Americans at the Australian Open. Uh, some of those players did not like it. John, what do you think of this? Um, I, I appreciate the creativity. Try to do something a little different. Uh, for the record, I think the kangaroo and the koala are both impeccably drawn. <laughs> uh, some of the players, uh, maybe less so, and they were not happy about that. So Coco said, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is actually repulsive and, and, and awful. Jesse Pagula said, we look ugly. Ben Shelton said, I I'd better not find out who made this. <laughs> Martina, what do you think? I think, uh, yeah, I share Ben Shelton's uh, sentiment. So, so they didn't like it? Is that, is that what you're getting at? <laughs> and I don't think we'll, it was stayed up very long. Is that right, Steve? It, it was yeah. taken down. Yeah. It was definitely taken down. A little pressure from the overnight. players there. They got some power. <laughs> Right. But, yeah, who looks like themselves in it? That's the question. The koala. The koala. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny the koala looks just like right. him, right? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, the post is no longer up. And, uh, listen, the, the, the players have spoken. They didn't, they didn't want it. And uh, it, it is no longer there. So we'll talk about more stuff going on court yep. as this show rolls on. We've got a lot to get to here on TC Live. Guess what? Jim Courier, the Hall of Famer, going to join us today and for the rest of the tournament. Looking forward to get his insights on everything that's going on down under. Plus, we'll break down the biggest stories on the men's and women's side from Nole making more history to Sabalenka looking as sharp as ever. It's all happening. You're watching TC Live at the Australian Open. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lindsay, Martina, John, and Steve back with you on TC Live. A reminder, this show comes your way 5 p.m. Eastern every day to get you ready for first ball. Then at 7 a.m. and 3 p.m., Tennis Channel Encore coverage with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. Don't want to miss that either. One of the top seeds on the men's side, getting ready to go, coming on site, Daniil Medvedev. First round against a qualifier. He lost in the third round here last year. Then went on a 19-match winning streak. Took three straight titles. Looking to get that kind of form here in Melbourne. Well, here are the big highlights from last night. We start with Novak Djokovic, the 10-time champ, taking on an 18-year-old qualifier who grew up idolizing the world number one, Martina. Djokovic said it was like playing myself in the mirror. That's exactly right. He's going to see that a lot because he's old enough to, to motivate and, and for these kids to imitate him. And sure enough, this, this boy, if you didn't know it was a Novak, you would think so. The footwork, the preparation, uh, the aggression, uh, all of it. I mean, the movement, but you see him taped up on his thigh, so we'll see how that affects him. But he moved beautifully anyway, and he gets a tiebreak against Novak. I'm not sure. Novak was money on the tiebreaks, maybe. Maybe nerves are setting in a little bit, but still, Novak uh, took charge in that third set. He just beats you down with, with his movement, uh, moving uh, moving the ball around the court. He makes you move so much more than he normally would. And uh, and he just spreads the court, and Prismich uh, did a really good job hanging in there, but Novak just too much firepower. Most of all, uh, I'm surprised 40 winners, 49 unforced, so Novak needs to clean it up a little bit for his next matches, but overall he really uh, attacked the serve, uh, the seconds are particularly of Prismich, and uh, just didn't give anything away, and uh, got through in four sets, but uh, yeah, he got, he got pushed. Over four hours, Jim Courier catching up with Novak after. You're the, the greatest champion Melbourne Park has ever seen 11 times. So there's a four-time champion here in the front row. Did you notice your old coach, your friend Andre Agassi, is here tonight? Of course, of course. Andre, great to have you. Thank you so much for gracing us and, of course, Australian Open with your presence tonight. It's amazing to see you. I haven't seen you in years. Um, actually, it was for love and deuce, and I made a forehand winner and I smiled at you and I said it's almost like your return after that I lost three games in a row so <laughs> not your fault my fault I lost my focus but I was uh, of course uh, you know uh, inspired by your presence and overwhelmed to see you thank you very much for coming out Justin thank you as well thank you guys uh, to see you. that's good stuff I inspired and also listen he's like oh gosh I got Andre Agassi watching me here Lindsay 
You want to start with Prisma here yeah, a little bit? Yeah, I mean, this, this is a guy, second youngest player to take a set off the world number one in Melbourne. What did you think of him? Well, quite possibly that's the longest match he's ever played. I don't know how many four-hour matches he's played. He hasn't played many three out of five set matches. So what a great physical effort. I loved in the very, very beginning of that clip in the highlights or walking to the court. He was going the wrong way. <laughs> no, had to tell him. No, no, the court's that way. Didn't even know where Rod Laver Arena was. But this kid, can we still call him that at 18? He's the real deal. He's a good player. Um, remember watching him play at the French Open Juniors last year. There's just something special sometimes you see. Now you hope he stays healthy, and if he keeps improving, he's got a tremendous future ahead of him. And what a match that was. And it was played in great spirit as well from both of them. Right. Yeah. Sort of see the lineage of tennis, uh, Novak acknowledging Andre, but also in the case of the opponent, I mean, this is an 18-year-old from Croatia. You know, Novak has one son, biological. This is sort of the son of Novak. I mean, this is what he has produced, another player from the Balkans. And that kid, backhand to backhand, he was hanging in every rally with Novak. No, I don't know if you saw it at the end of that. I mean, Novak was really florid in his yeah. praise of the opponent. I, I think it means a lot to Novak. Look, this is what I've produced. This is my legacy. That said, Martina, four hours on court in a first-round match. What's good and bad about that for Djokovic going forward? Well, good. He came through and uh, looked fresh, and and the arm looks 100. Uh, percent There was some question about his his forearm and his wrist, so that looks 100. Uh, percent But this kind of stuff can be cumulative. Uh, hopefully, the weather won't be too hot, so it won't matter as much. Uh, it's just much more difficult to recover. But no matter how you slice it, no matter how good you are, he's 37. So a four-hour match, not ideal, but he got through. So that's all good. We will have even more about Novak Djokovic later in the show, a snippet from your 60 Minutes interview with him. So looking forward to that. Meantime, we continue with the highlights. How about Yannick Sinner? Didn't play any warm-up events, so this is his first meaningful match of the year, Lindsay, taking on Botic van de Zanschulp. We weren't sure what we were going to see. No, but uh, Sinner impressed right off the bat. Great movement all around the court. He was training very hard physically. Took a couple of weeks off after the Davis Cup final, but then really started to prepare for the season. And team felt at best he pushed back the start date. So this is his first match of the season. But again, he looked good. Second set was a much tighter situation. And there was a couple of moments there when you thought, okay, maybe he's going to get in trouble. And he locked it in. Mentally, he's so strong right now. He believes in himself. He got through. The tough part of this match was that second set. Then he was able to cruise, and a lot of people talking about him as a favorite here to win here. He's never won a major before, certainly playing some of the best tennis out there. This was step one for him. He's got six more to go, though. He certainly does. Overcame 22 forehand unforced errors. Said, I feel like best of five can help me a little bit to stay on court a little bit longer. So Yannick Sinner able to move on. Top-ranked American Taylor Fritz on the men's side probably stayed on court longer than he would have liked, John, in a tough first round against Facundo Diaz Acosta. That would be an understatement. This is the same court where Fritz lost last year early to Alexis Copperin, trying to exercise that demon in a rough first set. This kid can play. Facundo Diaz Acosta outside the top 75. He never played Fritz before. He won the first set. And then if you saw there, it looked a little bit of a hiccup from Taylor Fritz. It looked like he... He rolled his ankle. Um, he's grabbing the knee, but look, look at uh, Taylor Fritz here. Just landed a little awkwardly, and you say, oh, boy, this is a rough way to start your major campaign. This is a long way to go to roll an ankle. Uh, he recovered nicely, and I think ultimately all credit to, uh, to Taylor Fritz. There's a nice shot there to get right back in the point, get a break. He was down two sets to one. I mean, he was a set from being eliminated. Uh, this would have been a bad loss, and it did not happen because Taylor Fritz 
Buckle down. This is a really loose game by Diaz Acosta. Get broken at love at four all in the fifth. Taylor survives and advances, though it took four hours plus. Yeah, 41 winners, eight aces, and Fritz is moving on. Let's hear from him inside the press room. Yeah, it was a really tough match, and myself and you know my team worked me really hard following the loss at, at uh, our team being at a United Cup. We had this extended amount of time to be here and train, and we pushed it really, really hard. So I felt confident um, during the match today, just in my my fitness and and feeling you know fit, strong in the uh, in the fifth set, and I think ultimately that kind of made the difference in the end. I think um, I definitely felt good coming through and, and even now after such a long match I honestly I feel pretty good we know with Taylor he's gonna fight he's gonna compete yeah. unlike any other Martina but he says he feels fit how worried are we going forward about that ankle Look, he, well I think when you can play on it it's, it was just a little bit he recovered I think the only thing they saw is his, his calf muscle but uh, yeah the fitness is great we were wondering how it's going to be for him three out of five because he's so much a better player three out of three sets but uh, you know we'll see how well he recovers but speaking of recovery that's what I like about uh, Yannick Sinner he recovers after the shot so much better he's staying lower on the ball and he's quicker to recover so recovering physically after a match also recovery after you hit the shot that's where Sinner's gotten better we'll see how Taylor recovers from this long match. Yeah, both things very important. Um, but do you remember it was a couple of years ago we were talking about some of the American men and the physical conditioning and can they win five-set matches and this is what it's going to take to win majors. It's great to see the guys really master that now. All of the Americans there, like Tommy Paul and Francis and now Taylor, you, we don't talk about that anymore. It's not a storyline. We saw it yesterday with a couple of them. Fitness is absolutely crucial, especially on the men's side when you've got to go three out of five sets. You have to be able to control that. Really get my tip my hat to all the American men right now at the top because that is something they've really worked on. One of Taylor's biggest weapons, his serve. And he said after the match, he was returning serves like nobody unless they full guess. He said, honestly, I've never seen anything like it. So, so props to his opponent as well. What more could Taylor have done? Yeah, I mean, he was broken five times and Taylor had a couple of loose spots. I mean, I, I think that's a good point that you raised. This is why we like a cluster of players. They push each other. I mean, it's funny with Taylor because sometimes players don't, have their results in best of five, they do in best of three, and you say, well, of course, they're, they don't have the conditioning or the, they're shot makers that can't keep it up for three sets with Taylor. I mean, his conditioning is great. Yeah. Mentally, he's pretty locked in. I mean, he's, he's not a guy who's prone to these wild ups and downs. It's a little bit of a mystery to me why he isn't a better player in best yeah. of five. Well, survive in advance. That's yeah. what got to do in these early rounds here at a major. He is moving on. Hopefully, he'll be fully healthy. He gets a couple days off before his next match. So that's good for the top-ranked American man. More to come here on TC Live. Former champion Caroline Wozniacki not seated. But see why her confidence is growing in just her second slam back after having a couple kids. Davenport, Navratilova, Wertheim and Weissman back with you on TC Live at the Australian Open leading up to first ball on day two. More highlights from last night. The returning champ, Arena Sabalenka, trying to be the first woman to go back-to-back here since Victoria Azarenka more than a decade ago, Martina, facing Ella Seidel in the first round. Yeah, and uh, playing a qualifier, so it's somebody she's never seen before and somebody that won three matches already. So not like a mo- most comfortable thing. 
But and also the first match playing as a defending champion, you feel the butterflies more than if you're not the defending champion. But uh, none of that mattered to Sabalenka as she totally dominated this whole match. Uh, some closer points at the beginning, but uh, at the end, Sabalenka only loses one game, never faced a break point, and uh, just dominated. Uh, uh, <laughs> went for the return of serve. Seidel just never could play. Welcome to the NFL moment for Ella Seidel. <laughs> Match started at 11.40 p.m. It was done before 1 a.m. Yeah, that's brutal that uh, independent champion gets uh, such a late start, but it was all because Djokovic played such a long match. Thankfully, they only went four, so that's not five. It would have been well after midnight. But uh, anyway, but very good effort from Sabalenka. It looked very sharp. She really did. 53 minutes of work. Now 30 wins in hardcourt majors over the last four years. That's the most in the sport. So she's been really dominant in that period. What did she prove to you last night? Yeah, I mean, it's usually just defending champion, a crowning moment, and it's almost midnight when she takes the court. Took care of business against a qualifier. I, I don't know, Martina, what, what do you think? Beating you know, your, your title defense and you start off 0-1 uh, against a player that doesn't give you much resistance. Uh, would you rather have a little bit more push on the other side of the net, or you think she's happy to get off in under an hour and go to sleep and be done with it? Yeah, at midnight, you just want to get off the court. You know, at that point, it's about you thinking long-term rather than this particular match. And uh, it's just unfortunate that they, you know, that's the late start. I mean, I think they should start one hour earlier in the day because we have so many of these late, late matches because the court, it's fast enough, but still you have long matches and uh, then it messes you up for the rest of the tournament. So I think she was just happy to get off the court either way. Uh, good news quickly. for her is that because of the Sunday start, she should have two days off yeah, is that yeah, correct yeah, yeah. am i doing yeah, the math right on that exactly but i think also when you play your first match of any tournament you're not totally used to all the conditions and yes you've played there in years past but it's every every year it's different so you just want to get that first match under your belt as quick as possible obviously more butterflies like martina said being the defending champion she's thrilled to get through she doesn't care if it was 40 minutes 60 minutes 80 minutes whatever got through comfortably and now kind of resets again for the next one. Not just the Eagles Bakery anymore. Yeah, now, now it's the oh. Sabalenka Bakery. Martina, yes. hand, hand raised. Go ahead. Yeah, because I think the hardest thing is starting match that late. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just you never practice it. You never practice right. at 10 at night, but you, at least you're used to starting matches at 10 at night if you're second match on at night. But because of the three out of five, you... To, to go on at 11.30 could have been after midnight. It's just insane. I think they need to put in some rules about that and, and make adjustments because it's crazy to be doing something at a major only once ever, and you're doing it at a major. I thought Doesn't they were sense. trying to do some rules, right? The majors well, the ATP and the WTA. Yeah. Oh, that's majors, not the same. Majors, yeah. 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 majors yeah. get their car. What was the latest you ever practiced, Martina? Yeah. Practice, not warm-up. Practiced? I always finish by like four o'clock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't know she practiced sometimes at night because I'm sure yeah. you had to play night matches all the time. What about you? Uh, a couple times indoors, maybe. I because there, it, when there's very few courts, right? It's always a cluster. Everyone practicing early. Sometimes I practice at like seven or eight at night, yeah. just to get the court by myself, but not. That's a great late. point, though. You, you practice in the wind. You practice in all different conditions. You, you don't wake up at 11 p.m. and say, no. okay, now go be your freshest. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. So listen. The, and by the way, the next match, she could play first on. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem <laughs> exactly. in our sport. It's not always you're right. going to play that late, so get used to it. Easy fix, though. Put the women's match on first. Yeah. yeah. If you got best of five. That's how it was five. when we played. Right. I mean, <laughs> easy fix. Right. Easy fix. Yep. All right. Sabalenka gets another team, by the way. Brenda Fruvertova, the 16-year-old, in the next round. Maria Sakri, uh, she had lost in the first round in her last three majors, said it was difficult emotionally, John, but she had no trouble with now Havino.
Yeah, she, she's the eighth seed, so she won't play a high-ranked player until the quarters. That's significant because, as you say, Steve, she lost her last four matches at majors. That's not good. She's got a new racket. You can see the new white model of Wilson. Uh, Matt Roberts reporting she now is working with mental coach Ben Crow, who you remember his work with Ash Barty. So, you know, that's, that's a fair amount of, uh, of change in the offseason for Sakari, and she looked pretty good yesterday. A um, little bit of a tussle in the first set, and then really Cruz, this is an athletic player. She benefits from the Greek crowd. There's a lot going for her here. And talk about a player who could use a good show at a major. Um, and yesterday, nice day at the office. Pretty uneventful. Gets through in straights. It's now in her first four matches of the year for the first time since 2021. That racket change from the Wilson Ultra to the Wilson Shift. That for the first time in 10 years, it's uh, it's paying off. The 2018 champ, Caroline Wozniacki, making her first appearance at the Australian Open since 2020. She's 12-1 in the first round. Lindsay been facing last year's semifinalist, Magdalenette. Yeah, great to see Caroline back here. This was the site of her greatest triumph on a tennis court. And this is John's favorite, to go for the title. But it was <laughs> late in that first set when Magdalenette hurt her leg. And Caroline talked about it after the match. She picked up on it. These two are good friends. And so what did Caroline do? She went into lockdown mode. She just made everything, tried to spread the court, make Lynette move, and it's tough for Lynette. Again, last year's semifinalist, she'll fall out of the top 50. Not physically 100%, and this is the last person you want to play if you cannot move. Wasn't much longer that Magdalenette said, no mas. No, fit as a fiddle, Wozniak. 124 career major wins, second most among players in the draw. Let's hear from her. I think all in all, I think I, I played pretty consistent. I tried to stay aggressive, try and get close to the lines and uh, move the ball around. And I, I feel like I did that pretty well. We had some good long rallies to start off. And um, yeah, it's definitely not the way that you want to win. You want to see your opponent be healthy. But um, it obviously was bad enough where she felt like she couldn't. So tough news for, for Magdalenette. Carol also said uh, none of the top players today could beat Serena at her best. She played Serena back then, Martina. So does Wozniacki look like potentially a contender for you now? I think, isn't it John that thinks she's going to win the whole yeah. tournament? That's right. That's right. He picked her. She picked her. Dark Horse pick. Dark Horse. I mean, uh, she is so steady. As we said, if you're not fit or the game's a little bit off, she can beat anybody because she just doesn't give you anything. And she's got nothing to prove, no pressure on her whatsoever. So... Yeah, I mean, she could go now that she uh, she got through Lynette, uh, who was seated. Uh, she should get to the next round. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't write her off. But uh, I, I don't know. I think it's too soon in her comeback to, to be, again, winning because Kim Kleistras is the only one that ever did that. So that's how good Kim Kleistras was. She turns 34 during Wimbledon. <laughs> this is still a young player. I'll, I'll go to bat for her. This is a, a former champion. As she herself says, this era is a little bit flat compared to certainly uh, Serena at her prime. She's only 33. She's a good athlete. She, you know, At the U.S. Open, she took a set off the champion, Coco. Is she going to win this tournament? Perhaps not. But I also think this is more than just, oh, this is a nice return. I think we ought to be talking about her. I talk about her as a contender. No? It was such an interesting quote you brought up because did anyone really beat Serena regularly in Serena's prime? No. So I, I know. So point. it was like you're comparing me this era, but even when Serena was at her best. Correct. Right. It still wasn't possible. So. Yeah. I mean, Azarenka at times that was. At times. Exactly. But no. Justine Annan at times. Yeah. It, you'd have to really then go, what, what was her peak year? Yeah. No, Serena's the GOAT. So it's tough right. to say, like, 
Yeah, you couldn't beat the goat at a prime? Like. It was tough to <laughs> throw this generation under the bus because any generation struggled against Serena at her prime. Um, but she looked good, and she's happy to be back playing. She's very comfortable in Australia. She's got her husband. She's got both kids there. She's got her mom. She's got her dad. And they're just out there to make her feel happy and to mm. give her all the support. So who knows? But I, I, I tend to agree with Martina. Love to see a little bit more tennis under her belt Okay. this doesn't, summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't have to face a seed for... You know, a couple rounds now, so we'll see here. If, if fourth Are you on round, the fence we'll, there? We'll, okay. revisit, we'll revisit the conversation. Okay, okay fair enough. But John's got her winning the tournament. Yep. Get that on tape. <laughs> <laughs> More to come here on TC Live. We're making hot, it's hot takes, John. Come on. Today's match previews are coming up. How will Naomi Osaka fare in her major comeback from maternity leave? Find out later in the show. Welcome back to TC Live at the Australian Open as we lead you up to first ball here on day two of the action in Melbourne. Back in our studios, I'm Steve Weissman. And talk about a sweet 16. Brenda Fruvertova and Alina Kornieva both won yesterday. The first time two 16-year-olds won at a major in nearly 20 years. Back then, one of those youngsters was Caroline Wozniacki. The future is certainly bright on the WTA. For more stats like that, make Tennis.com your online information source throughout the Australian Open and the entire 2024 season. Steve Tigner tells you what to watch for today. And David Kane has the latest on Maria Sakri's new racket. Download the Tennis app or visit the website. Now time for the Daily Forecast with Fox Weather. Hey there, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather meteorologist Craig Herrera, and here is the Australian Open forecast. Lots of sunshine across the skies of Melbourne. Temperatures into the mid-80s out there today. Enjoy it. Remember, you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device. Have a great day. All right, thank you, Craig. Still to come, we've got the Australian Open tournament director, Craig Tiley, making his annual visit to the show. Plus, does Big Foe have another big run in store down under? And our Bet365 match preview focuses on Andy Murray. But first, what fuels Novak Djokovic? We've heard him speak about the records, but today he tells us about the actual food in his belly. You don't want to miss it. Next. Welcome back. Novak Djokovic took care of business in his first-round match. Now 29 straight wins at the Australian Open. And to be that dominant, you must be equally disciplined. As John Wertheim find out while reporting for 60 Minutes on the World Number 1, that starts with what he puts in his body and what he doesn't. You have a unique diet. You're known for that. You're a few days away from a big tournament. Give us a sense of what you're, what you're eating these days. <laughs> Um, well, I, I've been through different phases uh, of, uh, I guess, nutritional programs. And, um, you know, for several years I was uh, not eating uh, any animal products, so I was plant-based. Uh, now I'm vegetarian, uh, so to say, mostly. I eat fish and eggs, but, you know, no meat. I haven't eaten meat for the last uh, eight years, nine years. No meat for nine years? No, no meat for nine years. It's... Not just health-wise, but it's also ethical reasons. Um, but, you know, this is probably the best that I've felt in terms of uh, my body and my strength and my recovery and uh, just vitality, you know, basically best that I've felt in the last five, six years. You really eat sea algae? Uh, I take it in a powdered form in a, in a smoothie. <laughs> I, it's not really the most uh, 
pleasant food to eat. Yeah. You, you go to Smoothie King in the U.S., they don't have an algae uh, option. I mean, spirulina, chlorella, they're all, uh, I, I, you have plenty. In the U.S., you can find anything. <laughs> the, the algae add-on, I think it's $2 at Erewhon. You, you, you can find it there. 60 Minutes airs Sundays on CBS Streams on Paramount+. Plus. This is the draw for Novak Djokovic as he awaits the winner of Popperin and Pullman's, but uh, certainly... You know, it's Djokovic. He's won 29 in a row there. When he eats the grass on center court at Wimbledon, it's literally part of his diet, apparently. Martino, what do you make of, of the Novak Djokovic diet? Yeah, I mean, I've gone through some iterations of the similar situation. I was a vegetarian for seven years, and I had a hard time um, finding the energy at the end. So I'm not surprised that he is eating uh, sometimes fish. Uh, I think it's a chicken, maybe not, but, but fish. Just to get the protein, it's really hard to get enough protein with just plant-based diet as an athlete. Uh, but Edwin Moses did it pretty well for a number of years. So it depends on everybody. You, so you experiment whatever works for you, and it's working for him. Obviously, he's got the stamina, he's got the fitness, he's not been injured, and he's got the energy. So uh, once you find that magic potion, then you stick with it until it doesn't work. Then you figure out something else to do. Well, what years were you a vegetarian, Martina? Oh, 91 to uh, 98 or so. Okay. So the like, last three years I played on the tour, and I started running out of gas in the in three setters, and I didn't put two and two together. Just wasn't getting enough protein. Yeah. yeah. So, so no meat for the last nine years. He's adding fish. Uh, how how important was nutrition when you were on tour? Yeah, I you know I think every kind of decade it kind of changed. I mean, I remember Martina being the first player that I heard about that was trying all these different things, just trying to be, get the best out of herself. But I think that Novak obviously is taking it to a whole nother level, given his age, given how incredibly fit he is, how he doesn't get tired out there. And I think the thing that happened in the last 15 years or so is this generation, there's no stone left unturned. Yeah. Now, if it's recovery, if it's nutrition, if it's training, all 24 hours of the day are dedicated if you want to be at the very top, if you want to be breaking records, if you want to get to this level, you can't afford to slip in any category. And I think Novak took that to a whole different level than we've ever seen. So incredibly disciplined. I don't believe yep. he drinks alcohol either, John. Yes. I, no sugar, me, uh, I Wait, believe, I'll give you right? a funny, I asked him that. He, he said uh, every now he'll celebrate with Italian wine, but but not French wine because it's too strong. Okay. <laughs> if, if French wine is too strong for you, you you're basically, uh, you're, you're, you're temperate. Uh, doesn't drink much. What, what, would you do this diet? Is you know, this... I, mean, I mean, I think you raise, a, I mean, all seriousness, and I think you raise a really good point that part of this is just about doing Everything you possibly can, every variable you can control, you do control. And we know this. I mean, not every player goes to his extremes. I mean, go, no. you know, watch, watch Great Point. You can see uh, there are some references to, uh, to Chick-fil-A. I think also he told me this, that some of this also is just about the discipline. It's just about the habits. And you two both, I mean, Martina, you two, Lindsay, I mean, it's, some of this is actually just watching your diet. Some of this is just the habit, the discipline, getting into that mindset of, I am going to focus 100%. So it's, it's like waking up early. I mean, part of it is maximizing the day. Part of it is just the discipline. Mm. And uh, the results speak for themselves with him. No, that's such a good point. Martina, did that change once you weren't playing anymore? Were you like, all right, now, yeah, anything on the table's good. We're <laughs> good. Exactly. I, I just don't feel good if I don't eat the right things. But, uh, you know, everybody, we didn't know what the right thing to do was. We had to try to figure it out. Now the knowledge is there recovery, all that stuff, all that stuff is there. Now it's just a matter of whether you have the discipline to follow that knowledge. So, you know, Novak clearly has it, and some players have it, and some don't.
And how many players do you think have a nutritionist in, on their team? I think I think some are use them to learn exactly mm. what's what's the best thing to do. I don't think you're ever going to see in Novak's repertoire fast food, mm -hmm. which we talk about a lot with yeah. some Americans, <laughs> video games, right? I mean, let's go down the list there and. He's just able to Wait, I'll give you one. He, get away with all, none of that. He, he had a chance to do a video game endorsement and said, no, because basically I don't believe in the product. This isn't a wow. good use of time. You think about how much video games come up and yeah. bring my PlayStation on the road. Not only does he not play, he actively repudiates Exactly, that. and that's what I'm saying about the discipline. It's all areas. You know, and so then we're talking about, okay, when the next great American champion coming? Like, well, you got to hope Novak's gone. Because he's, like, he's spending <laughs> every single minute. How am I going to get better tomorrow? How am I going to beat this player in one week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is? I just saw a clip of Breakpoint online last night, and it was the two girlfriends of Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafa. One was saying, uh, he's eating McDonald's all the time. The other said Chick-fil-A. So No, uh, no, no algae smoothie? No sea algae <laughs> no. In, in any type of form, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't believe. But uh, listen, it, it's interesting. And obviously, we thank the folks over at 60 Minutes yeah. CBS allowing us to air this footage. We'll be doing that throughout the entire tournament. Yeah, and yeah, we had to condense a really long interview. Novak was great. He had a lot on his mind. We had to condense that to one segment, so I'm glad we're able to use some of this material. All right. Uh, much more still to come here on TC Live. Check out Coco Golf. Getting ready. We, we saw her with the, the medicine ball. Now, now she's on the bike. Getting ready to go. First up, Rod Laver Arena. Coco is focused, dialed in, undefeated this year. When we come back, though, we're talking to the Australian Open Tournament Director, Craig Tiley going to join us. All the latest information from the grounds in Melbourne. You don't want to miss this. Keep it locked on TC Live. Welcome back to TC Live on day two of the Australian Open. Some big names inside Rod Laver Arena. The top-ranked American Coco Golf is first up. Stefano Tsitsipas in action. And how about the next three matches? We've got Alex Dimonor, a top 10 Aussie, taking on Milos Raonic. The return of Naomi Osaka against Caroline Garcia. And Dominic Team Felix Ojeali-Asim. A lot of blockbusters going down in Melbourne today. And we've got the pleasure of welcoming in the Australian Open Tournament Director, CEO of Tennis Australia, Craig Tiley. It is always great to see you, Craig. And we're, we're one day into the tournament now. And well, other than that Sunday start, we've been talking about big storylines. What is the biggest headline to you at the Australian Open this year? Well, so far with the start, good to see you again, Steve and John. Evening your time, nice early morning our time. Um, so far, it has really been the matchups, the first round matchups. We've had some unbelievable uh, matches yesterday again, and quite a few went quite a few went five sets, and uh, and as you indicated again today. So I don't think I've ever been part of a Grand Slam where your first two days are filled with former champions playing against each other. The, the return on the women's side being in the, in the top quarter of the draw, the return of those players playing against each other, and so. I think uh, that's really been the exciting storyline we've, we've got to enjoy with uh, and with the new style Sunday. And, of course, a record crowd yesterday coming on the start of, the, of, of this global event on, 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 a, on a weekend day, which has been great. Good to see you, Craig. You mentioned the record crowd. I'm curious, you know, players need to win six games and they get the set. They need to win seven matches. They win the tournament. What's your scoreboard? What, what do you look to for success at the end of the tournament to decide a good event or, or could be improved? Yeah, I think I think from from a player's perspective that we try and even out the the time period from finishing a match to starting the next match. 
uh, try and make it fair over the, over the course of the 15 days when the player plays either first on during the day, middle of the day, or first on at night or second on at night. So, and uh, and create fairness with the players. We we achieve that every year, and uh, and that's 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 an important scorecard for us for the players. If we have a bit of weather uh, in Melbourne, you can have four seasons in a day, rain or, or heat, and I expect to have that this week. And then managing through that is also an important scorecard. And then from a fan's perspective is really our, our key metric is fans coming through the gate and what they're telling us about the experience. It's nice to get big numbers. That's not our ultimate objective. Our ultimate objective is the, the experience of our fans. And more than ever before, we've got more people visiting from the United States than we ever had had in the history of the event. So... Um, that, that's also a good sign. People coming from far to enjoy uh, some great tennis. I'm not, great sure. I'm not sure all of our viewers know this. Before you became a tennis titan in Australia, you were a very successful college coach uh, at, at the University of Illinois. We've been talking all week about uh, the, the impact of college tennis on the sport right now. Four former NCAA champions in the main draw. Multiple NCAA champions are seated. I'm, I'm just curious what you make of the prominence of college tennis in pro tennis right now. There's nothing I love more than seeing college players do well in the pro game. Uh, that is the best pathway globally, playing, playing college tennis in the United States for an up-and-coming athlete. At the same time as getting an education, they're forging their career. And, uh, and I was fortunate to, to be a coach, to be an, an NCAA coach at the University of Illinois and a championship coach. And, and it was, we had good players on the team. They went on and had great professional careers. So I love to see the Americans particularly do well after, and the Australians that have, that have done three or four years in college. So, uh, John, I know we've been on a long journey on that and I'm a massive advocate. And arriving here in Australia, one of the first things we did was ensure that the players had an opportunity to go and play college. So we have more Australians playing college tennis now than we've ever had before. Oh, we'd love to see that. 27 players with college ties in the singles draw, countless more in, in doubles as well. So certainly college tennis, a great pathway to the pros and a lot of success. There, there's a lot of success for Aussies going on right now, Craig. I mean, you got Nick Kyrgios is literally working for you, doing interviews and working for countless different channels. But then on the court, how about Alex Dimonor? You got a top 10 player for the first time in nearly 20 years. What's the excitement level like having an Aussie male that can potentially win this tournament? Well, it's, it's what's been fantastic. We've got more Aussies in the in the main draw than we've had in a long, long time, and uh, and particularly on the men's side. And then Alex is uh, not not only not only a, just an absolutely fantastic individual, um, great role model for young kids in the game. But you know, every single point he he never quits. He goes for it every at every opportunity, and and we would love to see him do well. And uh, and he deserves it. He's put in the work, and and you know, very should be very proud of his career. And it, and it's exciting for us. There's uh, we have many options now when it comes to Australian players. And there were years, a few years back, when it was a bit leaner and, uh, and, and harder. But now we're, we're enjoying some of the youth coming through and having some success. Not dissimilar, in my view, to how, how, how many more Americans there are on the draw. So it's a, it is an exciting time for the game globally. And, it's, uh, and I think we, you know, it's, it's been fun listening to you guys and watching what you've been saying because uh, I think it's uh, going to be a very interesting uh, next couple of weeks and it'll be a great way to start 2024. Could not agree more. But back to Nick a little bit, because we had the pleasure of working with him here at Tennis Channel. Awesome job as a broadcaster. What's it been like for you to work alongside Nick Kyrgios, have him work for Tennis Australia a little bit? Well, he's got too many talents, unfortunately. We, the, what we want him to do is put the racket back in his hand, because uh, <laughs> he's such a great entertainer. And uh, I, I, I love watching the work that he's doing now and through his podcast and doing some other interviews and works, work for us. And he seems a natural. I've, um, he did, a, he did a, a summary of the draw, and I, and I watched that, and it, it was really, really good and entertaining. So 
Um, yep. The sooner Nick can get back on the court, uh, I think it'd be even, even, even better entertainment than we're currently getting from him. Craig, we could, we could do an hour on this, but a big off-court story over the past several months has been the interest of Saudi Arabia and investment in tennis. I'm just curious, as, as a power player in this sport, do you just sort of want to you know, state your position succinctly? I mean, where do you stand on this? Is there space for Saudi investment in tennis? If so, what does it look like? Well, I think, uh, John, you said we could do an hour on this. It's a very interesting topic, but uh, we all know that there needs to be transformation in the, in the professional game. And and I think a, a better coordination by all the different stakeholders and entities would, would do the game well. Uh, a better off-season for the players, a, a better narrative as far as players going from city to city, for the fans to really understand. But the good news is the slams and the ATP and the WTA, we're all doing work together to, to attempt to get to an outcome uh, that is better for the pro game. And then it will allow an opportunity for other investors to come into the game. But I think they need to come into the game the right way uh, without creating any severe disruption to the stakeholders that have made massive investments over the years. And there's many stakeholders that have. But it's, there's not the space that currently exists. But the creation of a true premium product um, and, the, and, and the opportunity for, for the fans and, and the players to understand where they're going from city to city, week in and week out, uh, would do us well. So I think we've got some work to do. I think we're going to see some opportunities this year. Uh, the, the Grand Slams are leaning in more than they ever have before, and I think that's really important. And, and the tours themselves are really open to, to ongoing transformation. So I think we're on the right path, and uh, hopefully we're having this conversation in the not-too-distant future about some transformative change that's in the best interest of everyone. Well, Craig, it is always a privilege to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time to join us here on TC Live, and we wish you the best over the next couple of weeks. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, John. Look forward to having a chat and enjoy some great tennis. Yes, sir. Craig Tiley, CEO of Tennis Australia, tournament director of the Australian Open, spending some time with us here on TC Live. When we come back, we'll tell you how the top Americans did on day one. Of course, we've got you covered all two weeks here on Tennis Channel, the only place where you'll find a two-hour pregame show with three Hall of Famers. TC Live, 5 o'clock Eastern, encore coverage every morning, 7 a.m., 3 p.m. Eastern with Brett and Paul. Back with more after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. Guess what? The ace king himself, John Isner, making his TC Live debut Thursday and Friday, January 18th and 19th, right here on the couch. The man who led American men's tennis for more than a decade going to help us break down all the action from Melbourne. Cannot wait to have Big John with us here, TC Live at the Australian Open. 
Speaking of Americans, former quarterfinalist Francis Diafo opening up with a guy who's been ranked as high as 12 in the world, Lindsay Borna Chorich. Yeah, this is one of those tricky first round encounters we talked about when the draw came out. But what did I say, Steve, yesterday? Got, got to be aggressive. Use your weapon. Got to use your weapons. Francis with an advantage with the power, and he was able to do that. On the big points, Francis able to step in and get some errors from Chorich at some key moments. Chorich ended up the match with many more unforced errors than Francis. And Francis with those first two sets moving around, trying to play aggressive. And in the tie break, this is huge. He came out swinging. Chorich had a set point. Francis able to fight it off and then able to win this second set in style. Look at this forehand. Boom! Thanks. Francis lost his focus a little bit in the third set. Chorich able to run away with that one, 6-2. Francis, though, got it back, though, in the fourth. Tiafo able to get through in four tough sets. That's a tough first-round win. Yeah, tricky first-round matchup. 40th Grand Slam victory. Caught up with Nick Monroe after. Big-time match out there. Three hours and 28 minutes, man. How'd you feel? Oh, I feel great. Um, I feel really good. I wasn't feeling too good there in the, in the third. I, I went somewhere else. I don't know where. I'm still trying to figure that out. But I feel ready. Um, I hope you guys are with me. Um, we're going to have some fun these next couple weeks. Who knew the Church of Francis Diafo in the stands there? All right, Alicia Parks, John, making her Aussie Open main draw debut, was in a battle with a qualifier from Ukraine. Yeah, to, uh, to quote one L. Davenport, uh, be aggressive, use your weapons. And that's what Alicia Parks did. She failed to qualify the last two years, didn't have to qualify this year because her ranking is good enough, and she made the most of her first main draw appearance. Interesting match here. This one went to three sets. Alicia Parks, listen to this, 39 winners. Okay, that's good. 66 unforced errors. That's a very big number. But she was able to overcome that. Nice touch there at the net. We were saying how formidable her serve is. She had 10 aces, closes out with a nice return winner. Good debut win. Alicia Parks, 23 years old, moving on. Yes, that's up a second round match with Layla Fernandez. Looking forward to that one. Another American, Amanda Anasimova, on the comeback. Martina taking on the 13th seed, Ludmila Samsonova. Anasimova beat her in Adelaide last year. Came out striking the ball real well. Yeah, and we're speaking of return of serve. Anisimov really attacking some sort of a second serve. Some sort of had a bad serving day, didn't get that many first serves in. And man, did Amanda punish that second serve, winning 20 out of 33 points. Really dominated that. And when, when you play, when you're returning that well, then gives you some uh, some room on your on your serve as well. Uh, I would like to see her come to the net a little bit more. She was only there twice, won both points. But when you've got such big weapons from the baseline, it's good enough. And uh, Anisimova just uh, forcing the errors from Samsonova, who did not have best day. But, uh, um, you know, kudos to Amanda, who has been out for, what, nine months now and uh, comes back and then wins against the top player. First major win since Wimbledon 2022. Way to go. And how about winning the last five games of that match? Yep. Down 4-1, 40-15 yeah. in the second set. So happy to see Amanda back on a court also fighting to get that win. Let's see if she can get on a roll here. That's got to give her a lot of confidence. Yeah, you, you beat a seed. What happened? The draw yep. yawns open. So <laughs> she will have a, a lower-ranked opponent for her next match. All right, let's talk about some Americans in action today. we got Taylor Townsend coming off the doubles title last week in Adelaide, back to top 75 in singles as well. Plays the former world number two, Paula Bedosa. What do you yep. make of this matchup? Fascinating matchup. Another one of those matches we highlighted when the draw came out. 
We're so excited always to watch Taylor play. She was able to get a win in Adelaide as a lucky loser. That gives her a lot of confidence. So many questions about Bedosa. And is she ready to play? What is her back like? What is her health like? What is her fitness mm. like? We want to see her back out on court competing. It was just a couple of years ago. She got into the top three in the world. She was competing regularly for big titles and for majors. And back injuries taken her out of the game. She's trying to come back. Let's see where she's at today. It's tough in the very beginning of coming back. So a little edge to Taylor in this one. Yeah, Taylor has played a lot of tennis leading up to this Martina. We know she's a top five doubles player in the world. Where do you think she can get to in singles? You know, uh, her movement, I mean, that's where she can improve the most. The rest of her game is really solid, and she's got that extra lefty sauce on her shots coming to the net. She's got the touch as well as as well as the power. I think that's the only thing that we're, we're, is keeping her from getting into the top 20 is her movement. So she improves that in doubles. That's not as obvious, right? You don't have to move that well when you're playing doubles. Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, I, I agree with Lindsay that uh, Taylor's got a slight edge here as uh, as her opponent just has not played that well. She's perplexing me, Badosa. I mean, I really expected her to be the next slam winner a couple of years ago, and now she's just struggling to beat anybody. So we'll see which Badosa shows up. But uh, Taylor, the upside is I think she can get in top 20, just <laughs> get faster. Yeah. Love to hear that, John. These, these two players also, they're only few months apart and they've never played before i you know T- taylor likes a big thing she's had big singles wins you know, beat simona Halep at the u.s open she's had big singles wins at big events and she's really also figured out how to balance the singles and the doubles it's not a struggle for her she goes really seamlessly from one to the other i think she wins this match today all right all, all in for uh, our yeah. colleague taylor townsend to come through against paula bedosa ben shelton won before he even stepped on the court at the australian open announced a new partnership with rolex that is an elite sponsorship. Big Ben is part of the Rolex family now. Time to cash in on court, though. Plays Roberto Bautista Agut. How do you see this one going, Martina? Uh, well, Ben Shelton, I mean, the weapons are, we know what the weapons are. Massive serve, big forehand, great at the net, moves really well, and there's the little extra. He's got he's got the attitude and the, uh, you know, the, the focus and the, uh, the personality that goes with it. So, yeah, I think I give... Uh, but Roberto Augusta could, could be the, one of the toughest outs as he just does not give you anything. So if Shelton's playing his best game, he wins. If he doesn't, it's going to be a long day and a good win. So uh, I think with those weapons that Ben has, I, I, I like I like his chances. Yeah, I, I do too. And I'm not sure, but he's a good back. We saw him last week. I'm yep. not sure he's 100% back. Remember, he had that, that strange accident with, with a horse basically trampled on his foot. His movement did not look... 100%. If he's not moving 100%, it's going to be very tough for him. 35 years old now. This is a really admirable player, but I don't think he quite can uh, muster resistance against Ben Shelton. Yeah, the one one outlier there for Shelton is this is his first tournament where he's got to go and defend big-time points. And No, he's not worried about that in the long run, and I know he's worried about developing his game to become a Grand Slam champion, but you go into a major the first time you ever did really well and broke onto the stage... Maybe he feels a little extra pressure. Some players get out there and are so excited to be back at a site that they played so well that they play great again. So who knows what happens there. I think the biggest thing is how healthy is Batista Agut. How do you get that out of your mind? Any advice for Ben in terms of coming back and being able to kind of not worry about the quarterfinals last year? I think that it, it comes about all about the team. And his father is one of the greatest yeah. people we have in the sport. So I can't. they were never worried about it in the juniors or 
in the in the collegiate ranks about taking bad losses or ranking points. So I think it's a culture, mm. um, but it's hard to get that out of your mind. I don't know if he would fall out of the top 20 or the top 25, whatever that would be. Um, he's got his eyes, it just seems, long-term. And it's a much healthier place to be as a tennis player. And after the Australian Open, there's like six months where he can pick up. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, that's that's true. Points. They've been talking about that, too, if right, it came right. up. Exactly. So, so Ben's got the, the, the Rolex deal. How about Chris Eubanks? He's got a new, new fashion deal. Uh, Jay Lindenberg looking like a model out there. His first matchup is Taro Daniel, who just made the final in Auckland. Uh, what do you expect to see from Big Banks, John? Yeah, Tartania had, had a long flight in, too. Um, I think Big Bang should be okay. He looked like he had a bit of a glute incident in his uh, issue yeah. in his previous match. I don't know. I think with that serve coming in on Daniel, who's, who's a nice player, but I don't think quite has enough firepower to... Uh, to really offend Chris Eubanks. That's a winnable match for Chris. Tough turnaround for Taro Daniel. Played so great in Auckland, but then physically you've got to recover. Mentally you've got to recover. You've got to get up again to play a tough first-round match. I think it's a great opportunity for Chris. Yeah. Martina? I agree. I mean, um, he's, he's got the shots. You know, if they go in, uh, he can beat anybody. And, uh, yeah, he, I love it. I love it. I love the way he plays. He just goes for broke. Right. Uh, the, uh, and, he, and because of the stint on Tennis Channel, he yeah. understands the <laughs> Always. The TC bomb. Yeah. Taylor. A, Taylor. Yep. A lot of data points. Big Bang. Wozniacki. Yep. Yeah, it just keeps, keeps on going. Nick Kyrgios will be the next one to go out there. Uh, Daniil Medvedev has not worked at Tennis Channel yet, but uh, he has not been off tour for a while either. Getting ready to go for his big matchup today. A lot to get to here on TC Live, resetting all the big storylines. Highlights here from the winners. Plus, you don't want to miss what Lindsey, John, and how about Jim Courier joining the program have to say about today's matches as we get you ready for the first fall in Melbourne. Welcome back. A reminder to test your tennis IQ for a chance to win $50,000. Scan this QR code or go to tennis.com slash play to enter the match point predictor game. Answer questions about the action in Melbourne to win cash prizes and become eligible for the $50,000 perfect score jackpot. Hurry because the deadline is Monday night. Yesterday we talked about the unseated women making the quarterfinals. Today... We're going to ask how many unseated men will make these singles quarterfinals, and that means one of these eight champions will have to lose. Just a reminder, the top eight seeds at the Australian Open this year go from Novak Djokovic to Holgaruna. So we bring back the Australian Open champion, Lindsay Davenport, to talk about this. You said you said one, one woman yesterday. You said what, two? I said two. Okay. Two women. Uh, on the men's side. So let, let's get you want a little history? Yeah, I this? want the history okay. first today. So three <laughs> last year, three unseated men okay. made the quarterfinals last year. One in 2021. In fact, it was back in 2020 that we had one. Only three times in the last 10 years did we have all seeds make the quarterfinals. So once again, it's a regularity, not as much as the women's side. Yep. So what are we saying? How many? I'm saying zero. Zero. Yes, okay. I believe in the seeds this year in okay. Melbourne. I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be a top eight seed, but yeah. I think with 32 seeds, I just, there's a lot of great floaters. But if you look at where they're positioned in the draw, it just seems like one of those is a hard roadblock for, for those floaters. I, I'm going to say none. None. Yeah. Okay. So some guys out, Arthur Feast. Arthur Feast we talked about. Jack Draper yep. as well. There's a lot. Chris Eubanks yep. is, is now unseated. Um, a lot of really, really good players floating around out there. But I just felt that they were either too close to Novak or too close to Medvedev. A wild card and seeing Alcaraz and Sinner, how ready they're to go. Yep. They are to go without playing a lead-in tournament, but... How many of those top eight seeds do you think make the quarterfinals? Five. 
Five. Okay, yeah. so we got three opportunities yeah. for an unseeded player. What about player. you? Of those guys, I agree with you. I think five. Okay. I, I don't think all of them are going to make and it. And unseeded, you think? I'm going with one. One okay. this year. Okay. And I'm just, I'm big banks. It's on your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you yeah. did it at Wimbledon. Why not? Why not? No, it could happen. Yeah. Just, I, I just think that, I don't know, it's just a feeling, I guess. Right, listen, it's, it's going to be tough. The seeds are tough in Australia. But we'll be back in a week, and we'll figure it out. Who was right? We're going to recheck this week, too, Steve. Yes. Come it's on. It's all on tape, Lynn. It's all on tape. <laughs> we are getting closer to the start of day two down under. All the top stories with Lindsay, Martina, and John straight ahead right here. You're watching TC Live. Lindsay, Martina, John, and Steve back with you on TC Live. A reminder. This show comes your way 5 p.m. Eastern every day to get you ready for first ball. Then at 7 a.m. and 3 p.m., Tennis Channel Encore coverage with Brent Haber and Paul Anacone. Don't want to miss that either. One of the top seeds on the men's side getting ready to go. Coming on site, Daniil Medvedev. First round against a qualifier. He lost in the third round here last year. Then went on a 19-match winning streak. Took three straight titles. Looking to get that kind of form here in Melbourne. Well, here are the big highlights from last night. We start with Novak Djokovic, the 10-time champ, taking on an 18-year-old qualifier who grew up idolizing the world number one, Martina. Djokovic said it was like playing myself in the mirror. That's exactly right. He's going to see that a lot because he's old enough to, to motivate and, and for these kids to imitate him. And sure enough, this, this boy, if you didn't know it was a Novak, you would think so. The footwork, the preparation, Oh, the aggression, uh, all of it. I mean, movement, but you see him taped up on his thigh, so we'll see how that affects him. But he moved beautifully anyway, and he gets a tiebreak against Novak. I'm not sure. Novak was money on the tiebreaks. Maybe maybe nerves are setting in a little bit, but still, Novak uh, took charge in that third set. He just beats you down with, with his movement, uh, moving, uh, moving the ball around the court. He makes you move so much more than he normally would. And, uh, and he just spreads the court, and Prismic uh, did a really good job hanging in there, but no, like just too much firepower. Most of all, uh, I'm surprised, 40 winners, 49 unforced, so Novak needs to clean it up a little bit for his next matches. But overall, he really uh, attacked the serve, uh, the second serve, particularly of Prismic, and uh, just didn't give anything away and uh, got through in four sets. But, uh, yeah, he got he got pushed. Over four hours, Jim Courier catching up with Novak after. You're the, the greatest champion Melbourne Park has ever seen 11 times. So there's a four-time champion here in the front row. Did you notice your old coach, your friend Andre Agassi, is here tonight? Of course, of course. Andre, great to have you. Thank you so much for gracing us and of course Australian Open with your presence tonight. It's amazing to see you. I haven't seen you in years. Um, actually, it was for love and deuce and I made a forehand winner and I smiled at you and I said it's almost like your return. After that, I lost three games in a row. So, <laughs> not your fault, my fault. I lost my focus, but I was, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, inspired by your presence and overwhelmed to see you. Thank you very much for coming out. Justin, thank you as well. Thank you, guys. Uh, love to see you. 
That's good stuff. I inspired and also, listen, he's like, oh, gosh, I got, I got Andre Agassi watching me here, Lindsay. You want to start with Prismich here yeah. a little bit? Yeah, uh, this, this is a guy, second youngest player to take a set off the world number one in Melbourne. What did you think of him? Well, quite possibly that's the longest match he's ever played. I don't know how many four-hour matches he's played. He hasn't played many three out of five set matches. So what a great physical effort. I loved in the very, very beginning of that clip in the highlights or walking to the court. He was going the wrong way. No, <laughs> had to tell him. No, no, the court's that way. Didn't even know where Rod Laver Arena was but this kid can we still call him that at 18 he's the real deal he's a good player um, remember watching him play at the French Open Juniors last year there's just something special sometimes you see now you hope he stays healthy and if he keeps improving he's got a tremendous future ahead of him and what a match that was and it was played in great spirit as well from both of them right yeah. sort of see the lineage of tennis uh, Novak acknowledging Andre but also in the case of the opponent, I mean, this is an 18-year-old from Croatia. You know, Novak has one son, biological. This is sort of the son of Novak. I mean, this is what he has produced, another player from the Balkans. And that kid, backhand to backhand, he was hanging in every rally with Novak. No, I don't know if you saw it at the, at the end of that. I mean, Novak was really florid in his yeah. praise of the opponent. I, I think it means a lot to Novak. Look, this is what I've produced. This is my legacy. That said, Martina, four hours on court in a first-round match. What's good and bad about that for Djokovic going forward? Well, good. He came through and uh, looked fresh, and and the arm looks 100. Uh, percent There was some question about his his forearm and his wrist, so that looks 100. Uh, percent But this kind of stuff can be cumulative. Uh, hopefully, the weather won't be too hot, so it won't matter as much. Uh, it's just much more difficult to recover. But no matter how you slice it, no matter how good you are, he's 37. So a four-hour match, not ideal, but he got through. So that's all good. We will have even more about Novak Djokovic later in the show, a snippet from your 60 Minutes interview with him. So looking forward to that. Meantime, we continue with the highlights. How about Yannick Sinner? Didn't play any warm-up events, so this is his first meaningful match of the year. Lindsay taking on Botic van de Zandschulp. We weren't sure what we were going to see. No, but uh, Sinner impressed right off the bat. Great movement all around the court. He was training very hard physically. Took a couple of weeks off after the Davis Cup final, but then really started to prepare for the season. And team felt at best he pushed back the start date. So this is his first match of the season. But again, he looked good. Second set was a much tighter situation, and there was a couple of moments there when you thought, okay, maybe he's going to get in trouble, and he locked it in. Mentally, he's so strong right now. He believes in himself. He got through. The tough part of this match was that second set. Then he was able to cruise, and a lot of people talking about him as a favorite here to win here. He's never won a major before, certainly playing some of the best tennis out there. This was step one for him. He's got six more to go, though. He certainly does. Overcame 22 forehand unforced errors. Said, I feel like best of five can help me a little bit to stay on court a little bit longer. So Yannick Sinner able to move on. Top-ranked American Taylor Fritz on the men's side probably stayed on court longer than he would have liked, John, in a tough first round against Facundo Diaz Acosta. That would be an understatement. This is the same court where Fritz lost last year early to Alexis. Topperin trying to exercise that team in, in a rough set. This kid can play. Facundo Diaz Acosta outside the top 75. He never played Fritz before. He won the first set. And then if you saw there, it looked a little bit of a hiccup from Taylor Fritz. It looked like he rolled his ankle. Um, he's grabbing the knee. But look, look at uh, Taylor Fritz here. Just landed a little awkwardly. And you say, oh boy, this is a rough way to start your major campaign. This is a long way to go to roll an ankle, uh, he recovered nicely. And I think ultimately all credit to, uh, to Taylor Fritz. There's a nice shot there to get right back in the point, get a break. He was down two sets to one. I mean, he was a set from being eliminated. Uh, this would have been a bad loss, and it did not happen because Taylor Fritz 
Buckle down. This is a really loose game by Diaz Acosta. Get broken at love at four all in the fifth. Taylor survives and advances, though it took four hours plus. Yeah, 41 winners, eight aces, and Fritz is moving on. Let's hear from him inside the press room. Yeah, it was, it was a really tough match, and myself and you know my team worked me really hard following the loss at, at uh, our team being at a United Cup. We had this extended amount of time to be here and train, and we pushed it really, really hard. So I felt confident um, during the match today, just in my my fitness and and feeling, you know, fit, strong in the uh, in the fifth set. And I think ultimately that kind of made the difference in the end. I think um, I definitely felt good coming through and, and even now after such a long match I honestly I feel pretty good we know with Taylor he's gonna fight he's gonna compete yeah. unlike any other Martina but he says he feels fit how worried are we going forward about that ankle Look, he, well I think when you can play on it it's, it was just a little bit he recovered I think the only thing they saw is his, his calf muscle but uh, yeah the fitness is great we were wondering how it's going to be for him three out of five because he's so much a better player three out of three sets but uh, you know we'll see how well he recovers but speaking of recovery that's what I like about uh, Yannick Sinner he recovers after the shot so much better he's staying lower on the ball and he's quicker to recover so recovery physically after a match also recovery after you hit the shot that's where Sinner's gotten better we'll see how Taylor recovers from this long match. Yeah, both things very important. Um, but do you remember it was a couple of years ago we were talking about some of the American men and the physical conditioning and can they win five-set matches and this is what it's going to take to win majors. It's great to see the guys really master that now. All of the Americans there, like Tommy Paul and Francis and now Taylor, you, we don't talk about that anymore. It's not a storyline. We saw it yesterday with a couple of them. Fitness is absolutely crucial, especially on the men's side when you've got to go three out of five sets. You have to be able to control that. Really get my tip my hat to all the American men right now at the top because that is something they've really worked on. One of Taylor's biggest weapons, his serve. And he said after the match, he was returning serves like nobody unless they full guess. He said, honestly, I've never seen anything like it. So, so props to his opponent as well. What more could Taylor have done? Yeah, I mean, he was broken five times and Taylor had a couple of loose spots. I mean, I, I think that's a good point that you raised. This is why we like a cluster of players. They push each other. I mean, it's funny with Taylor because sometimes players don't have their results in best of five, they do in best of three, and you say, well, of course, they're, they don't have the conditioning or the, they're shot makers that can't keep it up for three sets with Taylor. I mean, his conditioning is great. Yeah. Mentally, he's pretty locked in. I mean, he's, he's not a guy who's prone to these wild ups and downs. It's a little bit of a mystery to me why he isn't a better player in best yeah. of five. Well, survive in advance. That's yeah. what got to do in these early rounds here at a major. He is moving on. Hopefully, he'll be fully healthy. He gets a couple days off before his next match. That's good for the top-ranked American man. More to come here on TC Live. Former champion Caroline Wozniacki not seated, but see why her confidence is growing in just her second slam back after having a couple kids. Navratilova, Wertheim and Weissman back with you on TC Live at the Australian Open leading up to first ball on day two. More highlights from last night. The returning champ, Arena Sabalenka, trying to be the first woman to go back-to-back here since Victoria Azarenka more than a decade ago, Martina, facing Ella Seidel in the first round. Yeah, and uh, playing a qualifier, so that's somebody she's never seen before and somebody that won three matches already. So that's the most comfortable thing. 
But and also the first match playing as a defending champion, you feel the butterflies more than if you're not the defending champion. But uh, none of that mattered to Sabalenka as she totally dominated this whole match. Uh, some closer points at the beginning, but uh, at the end, Sabalenka only loses one game, never faced a break point, and uh, just dominated. Uh, uh, <laughs> went for the return of serve. Seidel just never could play. Welcome to the NFL moment for Ella Seidel. <laughs> Match started at 11.40 p.m. It was done before 1 a.m. Yeah, that's brutal that uh, in defending champion gets uh, such a late start, but it was all because Djokovic played such a long match. Thankfully, they only went four, so that's not five. It would have been well after midnight. But uh, anyway, but very good effort from Sabalenka. It looked very sharp. She really did. 53 minutes of work. Now 30 wins in hardcourt majors over the last four years. That's the most in the sport. So she's been really dominant in that period. What did she prove to you last night? Yeah, I mean, excuse me, just defending champion, a crowning moment, and it's almost midnight when she takes the court. Took care of business against a qualifier. I, I don't know, Martina, what, what do you think? Beating you know, your, your title defense and you start off 0-1 uh, against a player that doesn't give you much resistance. Uh, would you rather have a little bit more push on the other side of the net, or you think she's happy to get off in under an hour and go to sleep and be done with it? Yeah, at midnight, you just want to get off the court. You know, at that point, it's about you thinking long-term rather than this particular match. And uh, it's just unfortunate that they, you know, that's the late start. I mean, I think they should start one hour earlier in the day because we have so many of these late, late matches because the court, it's fast enough, but still you have long matches and uh, then it messes you up for the rest of the tournament. So I think she was just happy to get off the court either way. Uh, good news quickly. for her is that because of the Sunday start, she should have two days off yeah, is that yeah, correct yeah, yeah. am i doing yeah, the math yeah. right on that exactly but i think also when you play your first match of any tournament you're not totally used to all the conditions and yes you've played there in years past but it's every every year it's different so you just want to get that first match under your belt as quick as possible obviously more butterflies like martina said being the defending champion she's thrilled to get through she doesn't care if it was 40 minutes 60 minutes 80 minutes whatever got through comfortably and now kind of resets again for the next one. Not just the Eagles Bakery anymore. Now, now, now it's the oh. Sabalenka Bakery. Martina, yes. hand, hand raised. Go ahead. Yeah, because I think